This is the official Caps Church Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Show, and I am here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. What's going on? Caps fans, today we will be talking, as per tradition, about league news and the weekend review for the Washington Capitals. Spoiler alert, it was better than last week, but still, no bueno. Uh, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. If you're new here, this is generally how it goes. Monday is going to be our kind of like overarching league news slash how the Caps did last week. And then Thursday, we are segment-based or interview-based, and we'll have our Snack Time with Polly Cupcakes, which is generally a positive segment, and the Hockey Troll Hip Check, which is not positive. <laughs> so, But it's consistent. Exactly, it's consistent. And and if you're if you're here for the first time, thanks for tuning in. We hope you like it. And if you're an OG and listen all the time, love you, mean it. Love you, mean it. All right, Paul. I think we should just pop some tabs and get right into this shit show. What do you think? Let's do it. One, two, three. All right. First thing on league news. I don't know if you guys have heard, but the Oilers are scouting a potential uh, contract for Evander Kane. Um, currently on a six-game losing streak, uh, the Oilers definitely need some help from anywhere and everywhere, it seems. And Evander Kane does do things like score goals and mix it up on the ice and off the ice, unfortunately, uh, in the most negative way possible, uh, mixing it up off the ice. But, you know, hockey Twitter is losing their minds. Um, previously, Evander Kane was with the Sharks. He was actually one of their better players to 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 go back into the saga. And then his ex-wife claimed that he did a bunch of abusive things to her. And then he gets moved down and, and obviously the NHL investigates. Uh, there was allegations that he was gambling on NHL games and specifically San Jose games. And then... The NHL basically kind of waived him or, or, or put him on suspension. The team like suspended him in, in some sort of fashion and sent him down to the minor leagues where he got into more trouble um, around COVID stuff, uh, breaking protocol, and the team is moving to waive him. So if, if he gets waived, then that's, I think, no money and he's a free agent. For anyone who wants to pick him up. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I think that's true, and that's why the NHLPA was going to file a grievance on his behalf. Um, right. I mean, making this <clears throat> signing definitely feels like um, the Oilers must feel like they really need some help to bring his baggage on. Uh, and in addition, people were very upset about... Uh, Connor McDavid's comments on him and right. like you know basically saying he's a hockey player and we're just gonna we're bringing him here to play hockey uh, and I think that's a big reason why hockey Twitter's between the losing streak and Connor McDavid's comments that's why hockey Twitter's losing their minds but right right I mean how many chances does this guy get um, I mean 
Well, here's Who the thing. If all the his his he's still like very much in his prime years for hockey. He's like lower thirties, I believe, uh, younger thirties, and like he's proven that he can put the put the, put the put the puck in the back of the net. I, I don't you know so on ice. I don't think is the question, but. But finish your thoughts. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's all right. Um, it's just even if the most recent set of allegations are unfounded, um, I don't know if things have or haven't been proven or disproven. But I mean, there's there's a, a trend with him. Um, I mean, I, I can say that I wouldn't want any team I cheer for to sign him because he just seems like trouble. He really feels to me like the NHL's version of Antonio Brown. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's funny you say that, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, is, is the juice worth the squeeze in this, in this aspect of, uh, for the Oilers? And, and, you know, you look at the Oilers. This is a team that has, you know, Dreisaitl and McDavid. And then after that, it drops off, drops off pretty heavily, right? Um, so they're looking for secondary scoring and maybe a little bit of help on, from the forward core on defense would be great. But, Yeesh. I, I I mean, at what cost, right? And um, I think he's proven with three teams now that he's really not going to be able to to turn it around in his personal life. Maybe, if you will. I you know I hate to uh, I hate to uh, really shit on shit on this guy, but I I also don't at the same time. I mean, he's brought it a lot on himself, right? Yeah, I mean. Uh, he really just, he's, he, he is loud about the things he does as well. You know, like taking that picture of holding that stack of money. And then <laughs> a couple years later, he ends up in bankruptcy. I mean, he's not doing himself any favors. I don't think. Right. Right. Well, we'll see how this thing all pans out with the Oilers. The Oilers are a dumpster fire and, you know, I wonder, it, it's gotta be a prevalent theme for Oilers fans to think we're wasting Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid at this basement dweller team. Yeah. I mean, imagine if they were playing for, I don't know, um, Colorado or even the the Capitals. Yeah. Any one of them. Yeah. Um, And I I don't think that it's relatable to Caps fans because even though we weren't having playoff success, we were having massive regular season success, and the Oilers can't even seem to put that together, right? I mean, how many President's Trophies did we win in the Ovechkin era? So I wouldn't say that yeah. it's a complete waste of, like, Backy and, and OV and, and Carlson and those guys, but obviously Cups are nice, but it's not a complete disaster like it is in Edmonton. So we'll see how it pans out. Um Weird stuff, man. Absolutely. Uh, the bottom line, though, I think that what people are aren't gonna or like to hear, aren't gonna like to hear, is that the bottom line is that Vander Kane is still a viable NHL talent on ice. And if you look at it that way, I think that it opens up more doors for him than you'd think. Unfortunately, yeah, I mean, if Tony D'Angelo could get signed, um. I, I don't think it's impossible for Evander Kane. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, 
Moving on, Nick Lidstrom was named Vice President of Hockey Operations for the Detroit Red Wings on Tuesday as a four-time cup champion, 2002 Conn Smythe winner and a former Detroit Campton, and I believe he was just like a lock for the Norris Trophy for like five years in a row. Um, you know, genius level, never got beat, always just made the right play. Uh, Nick Lidstrom's one of the best defensemen in hockey to ever play the game. So it's cool to see all of these guys – you know, like Stevie Y, Lidstrom, going back to the uh, to the Red Wings to see what they can do. Obviously, Iserman has proven his chops as a GM. So, uh, with Tampa Bay, so um, you know he he basically built this team that just won back to back with a little help, obviously. But um, interesting stuff. Yeah, I mean he he built the team and then he left and didn't get his name on the cup. Right, right. Well. Fortunately for him, he's been on the on the cup enough. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. That would hurt a little more if he had uh, gone in his playing career without one. But he's got he's got a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuka Rask, who we discussed last week, signed a one year, one million dollar contract with Boston. Um, he had hip surgery in the offseason, which is why he was a question mark as to whether his career would continue. I've been seeing a little bit on Twitter with the short shift um, pod and. What they're having to deal with as far as haters on Tuca, uh, kind of just doing dumb mass hole shit <laughs> is how I'll equate it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like ever since we've started talking with them, we have talked about how we don't understand the Tuca Rask hate, and they go off on tangents because they love him. Yeah, and I mean, I don't see how any objective Boston fan could not. I mean, he's one. He's been one. Of, he's been a team that they've re, or a, a goaltender that the team has really relied on throughout all of their success. Uh, you know, obviously their last cup came with Tim Thomas, but you know they've had other opportunities. They've gone deep in the playoffs. They've done well. Um, they've remained a solid team during those years in which maybe they weren't considered to be the, a lock for a Stanley Cup or, or a, a conference final. But at the same time, you know, he's overperformed and, and been a steady presence there for for the Boston Bruins. I mean, I don't know what Boston fans want. I really don't. And, I mean, what's the comparable? You know, we're looking at uh, teams around the league, including the Washington Capitals, who may be looking for a veteran goaltender. I think that if we could have gotten Tuka Rask for a million fucking dollars – that deal would have been done already. And I'm not even one petitioning for going for a goaltender. Yeah. I mean, if with people calling for uh, the Caps to go after a veteran goalie, this would be one of the better options. And um, I think it'd be very much a no-brainer, especially given the fact, like you said, that he signed for such low money. Yeah. I, I would be very happy to have Tuka Rask. Yeah, and I mean, even if he doesn't even, even if he plays two games down the stretch, it's like he's still the amount of, uh, you know, help he can give to Swayman and the other goaltenders that they have there, uh, in Boston and practice and things like that. It's, it's, a, and, and just having the veteran presence there for the boys who are skating out to know if things go bad, we could always throw Tuca in and he might do better than, probably would do better than whoever we got in there now, you know? Yeah. So definitely peace of mind there. Um, interested to see what he's going to be like, if he's going to get into any games and what kind of uh, performance he puts on. But uh, we would definitely wish him the best of luck, you know, getting that 
extra year in and you know maybe maybe this is his last year just to show himself that he can do it again still even after this hip surgery um but you know what it depends on you know if, if he has a stellar feels really great he might try to go for another one two three dare i say four year contract who knows i think that it's i think that it's really dependent on him and what he's going to take yeah yeah i mean I, I think that um it seems like Boston will be willing to keep bringing him back uh, as long as he's willing to take team-friendly deals. So yeah. I would think that as, as long as he's willing to do it, then we might see Tuka Rask until he's 40. Yeah, and I mean, I would I would take Tuka Rask until he's 40 at a million dollars a year. Yeah. So, all right, some great news. Asia Vishram, Vishram uh, made history Thursday before the LA Kings took the ice. Visserum worked behind the Kings bench for their 6-2 win against the Pittsburgh Penguins at Crypto.com Arena. She's believed, to, she's believed to be the first woman ever to do so in the NHL, according to the Professional Hockey Athletic Trainer Society. Um, the Kings recognized this historic moment on social media, and, and I thought it was a really cool post. And I think that the people who were commenting, like, believed to be, why couldn't you figure it out? Why wouldn't you do take the time to do that? Well assholes because this isn't exactly something that people were tracking in the 1920s right i mean this is yeah it could be assumed that there's probably never been a woman behind the bench pre-1970 uh and obviously pre-2022 because we can know from you know probably from like the 60s or 70s 80s even to now the last 40 years may be decently documented but uh it's it's not something that you keep stats of. Let's just say that. And the league's like 200 years old. So, you know, give it a fucking rest. Yeah, and there could have always been a situation where um, someone was a fill-in and it was just yeah. like, you know, someone called off sick for some reason and had a colleague come in and it wasn't recorded. I mean, it's very easy that something like that could have happened. And so they're... Uh, they're just being cautious to make sure they don't put their foot in their mouth. Yeah, and or you know take take the um, credit for being the first when you know back in 1982 game 36 with the Boston Bruins somebody filled in like an EMT filled in because that's what they needed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, <clears throat> I don't know. People need to chill the fuck out. Like, I get it. Uh, I think that it's great. I think that this is definitely clearly a, ta- a, a first for a employed by the team full time um, trainer to be a female and behind the bench for a professional hockey game in the NHL. Yeah, so congrats, congrats, Asia. Um, <laughs> people, people, man. Ridiculous. All right. Willie O'Ree's next step to be awarded the Congressional Gold uh, gold Medal could come next week around the same time uh, his number 22 will retired by the Boston Bruins. The U.S. House of Representatives is scheduled to vote on the bill next week. House passage of the Willie O'Ree Congressional Gold Medal Act is the final legislative step for the NHL's first black player to receive the Congress- Congress's highest honor. That's crazy. I didn't know that it was going to go this far, and that is fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, just keep giving this guy awards because what he did was groundbreaking. And um, it's it's good he's being recognized. It sucks it took this long for 
these kind of things to to really uh, happen. But yeah, keep keep the train rolling. Keep giving this guy stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, congrats to to Willie O'Ree and and you know all the work that he's done and and you know just having that kind of name there. Um, you know, you look at like Jackie Robinson, what a big deal he is. You know, I think that mm-hmm. that same sort of treatment should be uh, handed down to hockey as well, you know? Absolutely. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, the true all-star rosters have been announced for the 2022 NHL All-Star Games. Uh, it's February 5th, and last man in voting ends Monday. So, you know, get on that. That's today. Uh, when you're hearing that, if you haven't voted yet, I guess you can go in and do that. I didn't even vote this year. Did you, Polly? Um, no, I haven't. I might throw a few votes in tonight. Yeah. But, well, um, the, uh, I was just going to look. So, Ovi is, as projected by the article we did last week. So, last, on Thursday, we did the... Uh, NHL.com's picks, and that's not the actual roster. Um, but they were right that Ovi is the only capital to to go. Okay. So uh, maybe he'll play this year. Maybe he'll win hardest slap shot. That'd be that'd be cool, I guess. Yeah, it would. Um, do I think he's gonna play? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm still saying no. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put money on it, that's for sure. Especially because this week there was news that he had an agging injury um, in the upper body. So, yeah, I just don't see it. I don't see it happening. Um, yeah. But I, I think he's going to go to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, and, and hang out and beach time with the fam. Do some off-ice and beer drinking on the beach. Um, so you've received your 1,000 lashings for presenting these rosters as fact uh on thursday <laughs> they were not in fact fact so sorry about that cats fans but uh you know polly will do better next time yeah it was just all pretend <laughs> all right some quick olympic news um eric stall hasn't played this season and he signed a pto with the ahl with the iowa wild he is um which is allegedly a tune-up for the Olympics. So we might see Eric Stahl in in the Olympic roster for, I guess, it, Stahl's, they're American, aren't they? Are they Canadian? No, they're, they're Canadian. So oh, okay. um, I think that that's what uh, all signs are pointing to, that he signed to this to, to either showcase or get in shape for, I, I don't know if they're going to have some kind of tryout, but he, you know, he last played apparently in the Stanley cup. And then he had an assist in his first game. I saw a clip. So, you know, they might throw him on there and give him like the Brian Gionta treatment that we had last time around for team USA. Right. Right. Um, so we'll look forward to that. Claude Julian was named coach and Shane Doan, general manager of team Canada's, uh, men's team for the 2022 Beijing Olympics. I don't know why that's relevant because oh oh because they're they're definitely going, um, and both of them are obviously have some time on their hands. I don't yeah I, you know 
who the fuck cares about Canada's anybody in their administration and upper office management team there? They're, you know, it's like, what are we, what are we choosing here? Like which studs? I mean, the, 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 the stable is chock so full of studs that it's almost, this has got to be the easiest job for anyone in the world. Yeah. And I also wonder like how much work does an Olympic general manager actually do? I mean, once I, the team is put together, it's got to all be on the coach. Wouldn't you think? Yeah. Like I don't, I don't, I don't truly understand all of the GM stuff. I'm sure it's organizational things, logistics, a lot of like how the team is going to get from here and there. And, and you know, what the, what like money they need to spend to get them all the new unis and things like that. Right. I mean, that's the type of management stuff that I figured that they would primarily be focused on. But I, again, I don't know. You're right. Uh, I would say in comparison, I think it's mostly just like, and especially for Canada, mostly just kind of a um, prestigious uh, position in which they just kind of get. <laughs> yeah. And most likely. Yeah. Uh, so whatever. Fuck Canada. <laughs> Like the uh, the South Park song, blame Canada, but we'll change it to fuck Canada. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, a juxtapose to this is U.S. Uh, GM's probably going to be Billy Guerin. You know, we discussed a little bit about this with how, I mean, it, it's sticky. It looks like Billy Guerin, he, I mean, he was named in the lawsuit for the um, abuse of the uh, of that that player Chicago system, right, Polly? No, Billy Guerin was involved in the uh, Penguin situation. Oh, that's right. My bad. My bad. X that. It was the uh, the Sklars um, with the Wilkes-Barre Grand Penguins. So, you know, looks like he's going to come out unscathed from this. Um, I don't know. We've said our piece on that. I don't, I don't think we need to drum that up again. Check out some previous episodes for that. Injuries. Connor Brown, week to week with the Ottawa Centers, the broken jaw. Ouch. I mean, that's not that bad, though. Wire that bitch up and get back out there. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could always just throw a cage on. Mm-hmm. And then, there you go. You know, the, the crazy part is we'll probably see Connor Brown, like, next week out there exactly wired up and with a full cage. I wonder how breathing he would is if though. it was the playoffs. Oh yeah, definitely if it was the playoffs. But like I wonder how um his uh like how breathing is with that like jaw wired shut. Yeah and I would imagine it's extra difficult if you have like nose congestion. Yeah. And, you know, what are you eating during that time? You can't have solid food. So, like, are you just getting, like, hardcore protein shakes? Like, how are you getting your, keeping your nutrition and your energy up? Um, yeah, I would think it's it's a lot of liquid. Um, you know, maybe you throw a steak in a blender. Oh, oh, dude. Drink some steak. <laughs> Shakes. Steak shake. Yeah. Eek. Blah. That is just not appealing to me. You know, yeah, some me neither. It sounds awful. Mashed taters in there with some steak, and I think I'd rather drink mashed potatoes than steak. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And I mean, what do you got to water it down? 
Yeah, you don't want you don't want liquid steak to have pulp. Right. <laughs> Can't chew it anyway. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, okay, well that's fucking disgusting. Um <laughs> moving on. Jack Eichel skated for the first time post surgery on Tuesday. He's expected to play in a few weeks, quote unquote, per night's owner. Wow. Yeah. The sounds like maybe he was onto something asking for this sort of surgery, no? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we'll see how he handles contact. I guess that's really the the last thing we need to see. But, I mean, obviously he's healthy and he feels like he can be mobile. The original timeline was expected, I think, to be early to mid-February. So it sounds like he's pretty much on target with the predictions. So, you know, I wish it was a different team. So I could be a little more excited about it because I don't like the Knights, but right, you know, good for him, and it'll be exciting to see him back on the ice and see what he can do with a a team that competes. I mean, I guess this could be kind of um, we could pretend this is what Connor McDavid would do if he got to go to a good team. Yeah, we can, right. We can live vicariously through Jack Eichel's experience. Hey, look, I think that I I speak for the Washington Capitals in saying that if Connor McDavid would like to come to DC and win and get paid a million dollars a year, then <laughs> we will have you, my friend. Let's do it. Let's do it together. Um, we can give him an Austin Matthews contract where it's um, like mostly bonuses. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, okay. And, and you know, honestly, about this Jack Eichel surgery, I hope it's a success because it seems mm-hmm. like quite a new – groundbreaking thing you know instead of having to fuse your neck together you're instead going to get like better movement and your life after hockey you're not going to have to like move around with your shoulders you know by twisting your torso um and obviously i don't you know nothing about fusing vertebrae together sounds like even appealing to me today, much less thinking about having to live with it for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I, isn't there like a 10 year shelf life on it anyway? And then they have to like go in and work on it more. I believe so. Yeah. So, you know, if this is something that is going to be, give you more mobility and better quality of life, you know, I hope that it catches on and becomes a new norm. And then Buffalo is going to look like extra fucking stupid. If this becomes like the new trend for neck injuries. Right or the new yeah. the new go to procedure because they could have been here, supporting their team, supporting their star, and then pioneering sports medicine. But instead, they were like, "No," <laughs> and they lost Eichel, and they lost this fucking awesome clout that would come from a successful surgery. So we'll see. Um, yeah, Buffalo loses again. <laughs> right. Like triple L on that there, Buffalo. Three and one special on L's for Buffalo this year. Uh, suspensions, though. Montreal's Chris Weidemann has been suspended one game for headbutting Boston's Eric Halla. Can't headbutt. Not good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't think we need to really discuss that. Uh, but New York Islanders forward Ross Johnston has been suspended for three games without pay for an illegal check to the head of New Jersey Devils forward A.J. Greer. Shoulder hit him square in the chin, Polly. Yeah, I mean, it was – this is textbook of uh, what they're trying to get rid of. I mean, he – you know, it could be argued that it was a little late. Um, it's kind of in that gray area where 
it used to be considered okay because no one had gotten the puck yet and the guy was finishing his check. But really, the part that's bad is he, he like exploded up into him, put his shoulder in his chin, and then it looks like he kind of drove his head into the boards. So um, it looked pretty – it was pretty bad, and I, I think the suspension is very correct. Gotcha. Absolutely. Well, hey, you reap what you sow. Yeah. Speaking of being very correct, though, we're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Just bet $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the action of the divisional round. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Indiana, New Jersey, or PA only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wage required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Polly, how'd the Raiders do? Well, they uh, <clears throat> they lost by seven. Um, you know, they, they came out and had a very good first drive and then basically got dominated the rest of the first half. And they made a push in the second half, and they were t- trying to tie the game up, and it was 12 seconds left, fourth down on, like, the eight-yard line, and... Derek Carr tried to force it and threw a pick on, like, the two-yard line. Um, I mean, the Bengals overall were the better team, but there is a bit of uh, controversy because on one of the Bengals' touchdowns, the whistle blew while the ball was in the air. They still counted it by rule. The play should have been replayed. Mm. Um, you know, so as a fan, I'm not I'm not putting this all on the refs, but that's a, that's a pretty big mess up that why did they blow the whistle though? Like a false well, start or something? No, from from the TV angle, it looked like he stepped out of bounds, but there was a ref right there. So I don't know if a different ref had a different angle or something. He blew the whistle, but yeah, I mean he blew the whistle. I mean after the ball was out of his hand, so someone must have thought it was out of bounds. But um, I mean that's it's pretty bad pretty bad call they even got together and discussed it and still kept the touchdown so that's that's blown call but i'm i'm less than disappointed because i expected the raiders to get blown out and they played competitively so not that i'm happy about it but uh walking away proud well caps fans the raiders obviously wouldn't have netted you any good odds but that deal is available if you don't have a DraftKings sportsbook app uh membership or account Go ahead, do it. Use code THPN. Thank us later. Thank us later. <laughs> All right, let's. I've been itching to talk about the Cavs. I think everybody probably logged in and, and, and started watching us. They're like, yeah, they're talking about Evander Kane and, and the Oilers. So let's get into yeah. uh, talking some Cavs hockey. What about? What do you think? Let's do it.
All right, Caps fans, welcome to Monday's Washington Wraparound. Uh, shit week, again, not a great week. Um, this is two weeks in a row. Is it two or three? Two and a half? At least two, it may be three. Yeah, two and a half-ish weeks of a downward spiraling trend. Um, you know, we we come in on the 10th to Boston, uh, or Boston's at, come in, comes into us onto uh, in, in DC, so you know we think we've got you know Cap One ra- Arena buzzing. Um, Boston always you know definitely a great matchup for the Caps. I mean those are always good games. You know they're, they're very the Boston. You know like I always say you know what you get when you're playing a Boston Bruins team with uh, Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, um, Pasternak, and you know their defensive core like you know what is it McAvoy and and those guys I mean they've got some really good pieces together there Um, and you know they play a a very good team defense game and they can they can sting you if if you let them and boy did the Caps let them Hags and OV or Hags and Orlov I'm sorry out for COVID I'm you know so many people were, were just pissing their pants in joy because Haglin was out of the lineup and then we get blown out seven to three. Uh, Orlov out. That never helps. I mean, he's probably one of the unsung defensive heroes of this Washington Capitals team. I don't think he gets near enough credit. But uh, two big pieces on the defensive end that were out for this game. And then we put old Zach Fucale right back in net, as I had predicted. That you know, if things went well, Fucale would get this start. Um, and then one of the back-to-backs, right? Let's get let's let's see what this kid's worth. Um, turns out in this game, he ain't worth shit. <laughs> Unfortunately, not a yeah. great not a great game for him. Yeah, I mean the the Fucali magic wasn't wasn't there tonight. Um, <clears throat> I think you know I think he's solid, and I think he could be a good long-term backup, but he's not the next Holtby like folks thought he was. Right. Um, well, <clears throat> and you know, he, he could be. We still don't know. Yeah, the sample size be. is still t- way too small. You know, but I think that a lot of people, and that was my big, you know, complaint. And really, I was just trying to temper expectations, right? You know, you go out like this and you think that this kid's going to be something, but then, you know, it, it just it doesn't work out. Don't get too disappointed and don't get too down on, on Fukale. It's He's young. He's got time. Don't worry about it. Um, but... Yeah, not a great game. Um, and in Fukala's defense, it's the first time he's ever played what some would consider somewhat of a contender. I mean, I don't even know where Boston is in the standings, but they're knocking on the door of a wild card spot. I know that. So uh, I, I can't find – I'm not shitting on or pile, trying to pile on Fukale. I just wanted to brag about how I was right. That's all. Literally. Yeah, I mean, you never miss a chance to do that. <laughs> um, you know, we've got a comment here from Max Manning. Shout out, Max. Defense and goalie tighten up. Power play per usual spends too much time trying to feed Ovi. So, you know, I think we'll get into that a little bit uh, later. But, uh, you know, I agree. Uh, defense today wasn't very good and, and goaltending was not good either. But, you know, again, we'll, we'll get into that just a little bit later. Um Finishing out this Boston shit show, Shiri gets an early one and then another one. 
10 minutes later. So it's like two nothing caps. Everybody's riding high. Everybody's buzzing. We're like, Oh, Hey, you know, we're done. We're, we're you know, the, the slump is, is over, you know, cap it at, at two games in a row lost. And, you know, or, or at this point it'd be like three, three games in a row lost, something like that. And, and we're moving on and, and back, back on the horse. Right. Um, that was the case when Shiri put two in, but then Kuzi endowed, endowed's double minor. Jesus Christ! Did you see Brad Marchand's nose? Yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean, for Marchand, it's probably an improvement for his face, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was he was pretty cut up. Yeah, he had like a big gash. What had happened was it looked like um, I think his mask maybe sm- smashed him or something. I don't know, um, but Dowd. Fucked him up good. And unintentionally, I'm going to say. But uh, a double minor, well-deserved nonetheless. Dude was leaking blood all over the ice. Uh, so that puts the caps down five on three. But then there was a minor by Bergeron. Makes it four on three for a short time. 23 seconds left on Boston's power play. Carlson gets a penalty. Five on three again. Uh, Bruins finally grab a power play goal. And then with another 45 in the period, it's 2-2. So we end the first riding high for about 10 minutes and then it's might as well be a zero zero game going into the second. Right, Polly. Yeah. You know, um, you know, that, that crazy string of penalties because of the double minor, when Carlson gets his, then it's like Boston finally gets a true power play. Right. And then, um, yeah, it's like going in with a tie, but Boston's all amped up because they've got two quick recent goals. And I remember tweeting, I said, you know who would have been really good on those power play or penalty kills? Carl Haglin. <laughs> Carl Haglin. And Orlov. <laughs> right. I mean, Orlov and Haglin are two of our best penalty killers. And if you needed a little evidence of what Carl Haglin brings to the table, I mean, I'm not saying maybe they still would have scored two goals if Haglin was there, but I think it would have been a lot harder. Yeah, uh, I agree. You know, I look – We've beat this horse to death, and I think that we're, it's starting to get annoying for the people that don't want to hear it. But I, and I think that the people that do want to hear it, like, completely agree with us. And I just don't know where that if that's whether that's the majority or the minority of Caps fans at this point because it's just so convoluted. But you know, I we we've, we've said it a hundred times. We like Carl Haglin here on this podcast. We don't care that he doesn't score a ton of goals. We don't care. I mean, Carl Haglin, honestly, if he scored this many goals for the rest of the season, I would still say like, okay, that's fine. And, Cause he's still going to stack up the assists. And I mean, look at him today. He had a, so many just great detail plays that had zero glory attached to them. And that's the type of player that you want. The player who is going to try like they're scoring the game winning goal in game seven on just trying to hound a puck and keep it deep. You know, that, that is the attitude that we want on our fourth line. That's what we have. I believe I don't, I don't, think that you know the complaint that a fourth liner is not scoring goals or contributing um in piles to the offense is valid at all yeah i i, I don't think you're going to hear that from many fans around the league why is this fourth liner not scoring more goals but he's a fourth liner <laughs> i mean do you not understand how how the nhl works like right. if he was putting in goals he wouldn't be a fourth liner right <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. That's how the game goes. Right. Right. And look, okay, Carl Haglund gets paid a lot. Okay, he does. I will say that. 
And yes, do you, would I consider him a quote unquote replacement level player? Yes, I would. But at the same time, he is a, you have to have the, he's replacement level on, on, on paper. So if you want to look at guys who are making comparable money or less, uh, usually they're younger and they may have a higher upside in which teams are not willing to give up. So we're sending Carl Hagelin plus something else, um, over and we fuck we might even have to retain salary for a younger guy. I mean, it's just it's just a big ball of wax that you don't even want to get into when really your solution is fine. Um just dumbass fucking Caps fans are pissed off because they don't want cuz he gets he does get those breakaways and he doesn't score on them. But dude, he gets these breakaways in like what is largely considered, you know, when he gets a breakaway, I don't know what's running through his head, but I guarantee Scoring is probably like third or fourth. He's like, okay, if I shoot this puck, the goalie ha- like I can't leave a big uh, rimmer around the boards because then it's a breakaway. It's it's a break the other way for the team. You know they're gonna pick the puck up at their own blue line, and I'm already down here by the crease. You know, he's probably thinking about a hundred different things, and and I think that like scoring is probably third or fourth down the line, which sucks uh, because that's his that is you know his cross to bear, if you will. Uh, and that's what good PKers do. I think that the breakaway stuff, any, any fourth liner that gets a breakaway or, or a PKer that's a breakaway is, is that that's cherry. That's cream. That's the cream uh, on top. That's, that's the cherry on top. It doesn't happen often. And that's why when we get them, it's, it's nice, but you know, I don't, I'm not banking. We should never be banking a win on Carl Hagelin bearing a shorthanded breakaway opportunity. That's just bad hockey at that point. Yeah, very. <laughs> All right, moving on. God damn, every time we talk about Carl Hagelin, I just feel like I got I to gotta go balls to the wall. Um, once the second starts on the Boston game, it's, it's just over. Uh, Bruins are 50% on the, on the power play. Caps were, stop me if you've heard this before, 0% on, on the PP. Uh, they have 0 PP, and... And then the Fucali magic just wasn't there. You know, he ended up being replaced by VTech. Both goalies let up three goals. Uh, there was an empty netter at the end. I mean, it was just a gong show for the Bruins. And I don't know. I don't think I got was able to watch this. I was listening to it. I, I must have been doing something. Um, but from, aside from the 10 minutes in which Connor Sheary had those two goals, I believe that it was over. I mean, it it was completely Bruins dominated from then on out. Um, yeah, yeah, the Bruins completely dominated this game. Uh, really, once that power play happened, I mean, even before they started scoring, you know, the the Bruins really took over the game. Once that those two power play goals happened at the end of the first, there was no turning back. Yeah. Um, you know, really, really fun note that we found out after that game. The Caps at that point had let up 18 goals in 2022 in like three or four games. It's trash. Yeah. Yeah. So it's even worse now. Um, and, you know, when I look at teams who are coming up the standings or who are knocking on the door for a wild card spot outside looking in but close, I always look at their goal differential. Like what's the team giving – how many goals is the team giving up versus scoring? And generally the – the team with the higher goal differential will end up in a playoff spot versus ones who are in securely a playoff spot or falling or are just kind of on the cusp there, but in. 
So not not a good trend, that's for sure. Give, like we're we're hemorrhaging goals in 2022. Excuse me. Let's just let's just put it at that. Um yeah, so total dominations, Hags and Orlov, like we said, would have been a huge help, but this I think I think this game was destined for the shitter, to be completely honest. Burn the tape. Just burn it. Just don't even think about it. It was a shit game. Worst game of the season. Um I would say, uh, and we've had some bad ones, you know, but the bad ones at least were blowing leads. So that means we scored some goals and had some offensive juice running. Uh, once we, once we scored those first two in this game, you know, it was just literally a landslide victory. Uh, I think that the only time that we answered after five, there were five unanswered goals at one point by the Bruins and and Oshie banged one home. So that was a seven, three loss poop. Um, <clears throat> interesting movement on Fucale though. I had thought that he might just go back to the taxi squad, maybe get another shot at it. No, they flushed him down to Chocolate Town immediately after this game. Um, and then I believe they recalled Hunter Shepard. I don't know if this is a cap juggling move, but I do think that this is something that uh, that's a little harsh. I'd say. But there yeah, could be there I could mean, be other instant reasons for this, right? Yeah, and you know Richard Blosser tweeted at us and said that he thought that they were just sending him down to to Hershey to get his confidence back and then maybe send him back up. And I think that'd be good. You know, he's going to get better playing in the AHL and you know sitting with his thoughts on yeah. the taxi squad. At least you know maybe. You get him a few wins and then put him back on the taxi squad so he doesn't have as bad of a taste in his mouth and he can or he can at least keep the bad taste in his mouth but have some confidence that he got down in Hershey. So I think I think we'll see him again soon. And I think if that it was the reason, that's a very good move. Yeah, and shout out uh, Richard Blosser for always giving us the inside scoop on Chocolate Town and the Hershey Bears from the Grit and Barrett podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. So check them out if you're interested in the AHL affiliate of the Washington Capitals. Um, and that's a great point. You know, I, the, that's the worst part about the taxi squad. You know, we talked about during COVID how many guys lost development years, especially the ones that are like 18, 19, 20, 21 in college, looking for getting a draft in, you know, being drafted or, or last year of juniors, they're going to be 18 and they're, they're probably going to be drafted at some point. Um, you know, I definitely think that it lowered some guys' stock. Uh, Hendrix Lapierre is a huge example. He could have had a breakout season in juniors, but COVID happened after coming back and battling back from a neck injury and a, you know, a really long period of time being out and just not being well and not putting up points. But obviously I haven't checked in on him in his junior league now because he's still in the queue, I believe. But, um, you know, that, that dropped his stock to a point where the Capitals could pick him up. He was supposed to go top 10. He dropped all the way down to the bottom of the first round with us. So, you know, and obviously we saw him early in the season and uh, we had to let him go back down. Who knows? We can always call him back up but and, and sign him. But uh, I think uh, I think that was kind of a, in a similar situation, getting the guy reps and, and keeping him off our books a little bit. Uh, now for Cali, it's probably not – probably still – we're, we're absorbing some of that into our cap, but um, when it comes to Fucale, I mean, get him some reps, absolutely. Uh, and the call-up isn't that bad, right? I mean, the commute from uh, 
from PA over to DC can be done in half a day. So he's not out of grasp. And yeah, I think that I agree. I think that if, if he's there, put him down there to get some, some confidence. Well done. And hopefully he's not taking it as like a, as an affront. And again, we talked about Fukale's story. He should know at this point, like, okay, this is fine. You know, I've, I've battled back from worse. Yeah. I mean, I would think he's, he's sitting there thinking, been there, done that. I'm just going to keep playing hockey and it'll fall together. Yeah. Put my head down and grind it out. <clears throat> on the 15th, five days later, in, on Saturday, you know, these, we, we've had some postponed games, but we really seem to be having a lot of time in between stints of playing, uh, which I think has contributed to some of our recent uh, misalignment, if you will, on the ice, not playing very well. Uh, because, you know, it's tough. You get you get your, you know, the shit kicked out of you on the 10th and then you don't have another game until the 5th. Is Lavi going to bag you? Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing there's one day of bags going to be going on. You know, you're going to get bagged and then you come out uh, and, you know, more mini camp. I, I don't know. What do you do as a coach? I would That would be rough, you know, trying to find shit that they can work on and things like that. Obviously, you don't want to hound in things too much. Uh, but you also want to make sure you're covering the things that need improvement, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not something you're used to seeing in, in pro hockey, having that kind of time between, at least not the NHL, maybe in the minors because they play mostly weekends. But, you know, they're, they're probably very accustomed to no more than three days of practice between games, and that's normally like a longer stretch. Yeah. I'm sure it's... It's a weird adjustment, and it probably makes it hard to get a rhythm going. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. And I think that the Capitals are a team that likes to play frequently. You know, what the fuck are you going to teach Alex Ovechkin, John Carlson, Nicholas Backstrom, Dmitry Orlov, 90% of this fucking roster? What are you going to teach them? You know, we had Stefan Brenner on, and he, he's his dad, you know, big, big coach in Sweden, had, you know, high level he's coached at a high higher high level um at least with like travel guys and things like that you know at the youth leagues but what like what are you going to teach alexander ovechkin in five days if you're a coach yeah i mean really i'd think all you can do is watch the tape and be like here's where you've been screwing up let's work on that but it's really not i don't think it's as much as teaching them anything new it's just pointing out where you've been screwing up and maybe repping that out and trying to get some good muscle memory. But, um, yeah, I think that's really all it could be. Mm-hmm. What are you going to teach these guys? Right. They already, they know as much as the coach for the most part when it comes to gameplay. Yeah. And they're, they're doing it every day and they've been doing it for the past, you know, 10 years plus. So <clears throat> obviously getting reps, putting in, Putting a different looks on the power play, things like that. That's what you use this time for. Or putting, you know, maybe another uh, a third option on the on the breakout, like what whatever that may be. But for the yeah, for the most part, like you said, there's not. I mean, it's all been done. They've they've played every style up to you know they've been playing since they were three. They have just as much experience as you do, if not more. So 
yeah, brutal stuff, man. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but on the fifteenth, this is our one shiny spot of our of the of the segment here, the Washington wraparound. I, uh, is we did beat the Islanders, but at this point, beating the Islanders, who we both thought were going to be a top of the Metropolitan Division this year, are last in the Metro. And if we would have lost this game, I don't know, people's heads would have been exploding. Yeah, I might have had to trade Obi. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. So it's a 2-0 two, two win in UBS Arena, which uh, Andy Hammond of the Broadway Boys podcast, also on the Hockey Podcast Network, has said it's – what is the – you beat us arena? <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that. Um, it, you know – Caps Twitter getting their way with Hag still out. Hunter Shepard assigned to the taxi squad. I don't even know who the fuck that guy is. I think he's one of a, a draft pick that we had laying around. Um, that I just saw like a weird tweet, like a random tweet from Samantha Pell, I believe, uh, that put that out there. I, whatever. Uh, again, I think this is more of just like managing rosters for both clubs rather than actually. Hunter Shepard's going to get into an NHL game. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, really, he'd only get in if it was like an emergency backup situation. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Tom Wilson, game-winning goal in the first period, baby. Let's go, St. Thomas. Uh, I got. I showed you a picture. Uh, my girlfriend got me a blanket with my with our with our little. What do you call those? Those posters? What do you call those? Cards and, and Catholicism there, Polly. Like, um, I guess I should know, but I don't. There's, there's got to be some Latin name for him, right? Yeah, I mean the the little. It's almost like a little. I mean, it's like the kind of like the same kind of card you'd get at a funeral home. Yeah, like a charm almost. Yeah, I mean like a a Catholic saint trading card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, but, you know, now it's St. Thomas. Uh, so, uh, yeah, all good stuff. Look, VTech with the shutout. Boys blocking shots. I didn't get to watch this one either, but I listened to it. Uh, looks like everybody was really playing strong in front of VTech. Or, or did you get to watch this one, Polly, like live? Well, I actually – I only got to watch the the condensed game, and there were quite a few – solid opportunities for the Islanders that the boys either blocked or they were delaying the body down and taking away the pass. Um, I mean, I saw four or five, I think just in the, in the highlights and it, you know, obviously VTech played well cause he got a shutout, but it was very much a, a team shutout. The, the boys were putting in work. Good, good. And well-earned, you know, this is the, t- this is a game that you, um, unsurprised. Oh, this is a game that you unsurprisingly sh- win if you're the Washington Capitals, but it's also uh, awesome to get that, you know, that that shutout for VTech and for the team. Uh, Ov did him it did net an empty netter, twenty five points or twenty five goals on the season, career number seven fifty five. At that point, Ov is tied with McDavid and Drysaddle for points lead at fifty three. Insane. Ov has the fourth most twenty five goal seasons. 16 NHL history behind Gardner, Yager, and Howe. I don't know. Do I even need to explain that? It's amazing. Yeah. Just just want to put that out in the air in case people don't 
don't he uh didn't get to read the tweets. Yeah, and then the crazy part is he's never had under twenty five in his entire career. Rookie year to now, never, never had under twenty five goals on a season. Do you? I mean, a twenty five goal scorer every year that you can count on makes what, Polly, in the NHL? Five, six million a year. Yeah. Easy, easy, crazy stuff here, man. Awesome stuff. Um, we got some more stats thanks to Caps PR. Backstrom's assist gives him 726. That's 49th in NHL history. That's nothing to nothing to, to scoff at. Martin Favari led the Capitals with hits. His 95 hits this season rank uh, <clears throat> rank second in the NHL among rookies. Nashville's Tanner Jennett is 127. Uh, I is he a defenseman? I would say fourth line forward if I were to look at that stat, but I'm not sure. Do you know, Polly? No, I I have no idea who this kid is. Yeah. Okay. Some guy on Nashville. Um, <clears throat> what else do we got here? Well, VTech. Uh, so is two of his three career shutouts are against the Isles and. Among goalies who have played 55 or fewer games since 2020-2021, VTech's 28 wins are tied for third in the NHL. So, uh, you know, that's pretty good. He's, you know, the only people ahead of him are Jack Campbell, Frederick Anderson, and Robin, Le- Robin Leonard. Ever heard of those guys? I mean, right. VTech's in good company. He's winning games. He's, he's proving he deserves to to be in the pipes at least a large point large portion of the time i can smell your vtech bias coming through the screen as we're as we're talking here like through the mic it's just like emanating from you um <clears throat> and and more on that in a second uh Absolutely. I think VTech played well, obviously got the shutout. Help me in fantasy. Thank you. Uh, I'm actually about to take down the number one guy in the league, I think, which is fucking nuts. Um, uh, let's see. Let me, let me take a quick gander. Did I even set my lineup today? I hope so. No, I did not. Not well enough, at least. Fuck. Oh, well, uh, you know, trying to juggle the... IR list in fantasy hockey this year has basically been like another job, but I am winning nine to two against the number one, the number two person in the league. While I currently sit eight out of 10, that is one better than poly cupcakes, by the way. Yeah. I haven't (laughs) been having a very good fantasy season. That's for sure. Yeah. So I'm about to get up to the second – or to, I'm probably going to jump up to two spots to, like, number six. We'll see, though. Um, <clears throat> anyways, uh, definitely a, a great game by the Caps, right? You know, we're feeling good. We're feeling good yesterday, I'm sure, Caps on Saturday. Uh, Caps fans are like, you know, we're, we're – we're the monkey's off our back. We're ready to go. And then today, Sunday happens. You know, I know you're listening on Monday because that's when we release this. But obviously, like we say all the time, we record both episodes on Sunday. The 16th, Canucks at home, Capital One, buzzing, let's go. Back to back, uh, you know, it was New York to D.C. That's a quick bus ride, you know, 
a quick a quick little jaunt up the highway. And we're back in DC and we completely shit the bed. I mean, this is a fucking terrible game. I don't I didn't like one single second of it. Um, other than the first goal. Ovi gets the gets the scoring started with a power play goal in the first. It's twenty-sixth of the season goal. Um, puts him even farther in the lead for all time power play goal leader in league history, uh, further widening the gap on Dave Andrzejczyk. Uh, I yeah, that's as good. That's as good as it gets. I'm sorry, Caps fans, for this game. Um, <clears throat> I also uh, shout out Nova Caps. Put in my guess to win two VIP tickets for Tuesday's game. Which I don't even know how I would have gotten there, but I would have made it happen. Um, and the they were, you know, at Nova Caps on Twitter and Facebook and whatever else they're on. Um, they were giving away two VIP tickets, but these tickets also included like all you could eat. I mean, have you ever been to an all you can eat situation at a sporting event, Polly? Yeah, when we went to Columbus. Hmm. Yeah, but that wasn't all you could eat. That was somebody was oh, just that's right. buying we, us food. We had to we had to buy a food package actually. Right. Uh, no, I have not been to an all you can eat situation. I mean, it's almost like a competition within watching the game. It with great seats, right? Like, I'm trying. So everyone, I'm sure, who's listening to this knows how expensive food is at a sporting event. Uh I would like how much would your goal of like retail priced food on an all you can eat ticket be? I'm I'm gonna go out there just five hundred dollars, five hundred dollars. I want to eat five hundred dollars worth of food right now oh. during this three hours span. <laughs> that sounds like a good goal. Yeah. Um, my my first thought was like one fifty two hundred, but as I think about it, you know. Anything more than a pretzel is like twenty bucks a pop. Yeah, and all you need, they're gonna have some probably some of the nicer stuff. And I, I think I would aim aiming for five hundred is a good spot. Yeah, it'd be tough to get to, but we'd have to eat an entree for every period. Yeah, (laughs) I could do that. And then yeah, me too. And then like, and then little snackies in between. If I had to, I'd pull I'd pull a Roman Roman uh, feast <laughs> mode and just go to the bathroom and empty my stomach and go back. Uh, we do not we do not recommend you um, gorge and purge, but uh, yeah. you know, yes, I would I would try to eat as much as possible. I would be. You'd have to roll me out of that fucking arena. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'd I'd probably hold off on drinking too much of anything because I'd yeah. want to get the food in. Just want, just give me water so I can dip my food in it before I eat it, so it slides down easier, right? <laughs> uh, no, okay, we're not that disgusting, but <clears throat> yeah, I would, I would. That's an incredible little kicker, and even if it's like hamburgers and hot dogs and French fries, like. I mean, I could put down like three hamburgers and like six glizzies for sure in a, in that time span, and then a couple orders of fries. Yeah, yeah. It's like I don't know, put like ten bucks per hamburger, ten bucks per you know. That's like I think I think we could get there. I think we could get there, man. Yeah, I mean, 
you definitely want to eat enough that you regret it the next day. Yeah, regret it as you're walking out when you're like, I'm cramping, like, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to puke. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how you got to do it. Um, anyways, I had guessed that Ovi was going to score a goal 10 minutes in, and some lady, I don't know how, she just said 10 minutes and 37 seconds. He ends up scoring 10 minutes and 31 seconds into the period. Wild shit. Uh, congrats to her. But what the fuck? Yeah, it's uh, pretty pretty good to get that, and I don't know if she'll be ever be able to ever get that close again. I don't know if any one person could repeat that kind of performance. Yeah, I mean uh, that's a six second spread. I don't know. That's crazy. So hopefully she enjoys the tickets and maybe even takes a takes a little. Uh, advice from us and, you know, eats as much as she can. Yeah. I, I, I encourage her to. Absolutely. Get the, get that, get that money's worth because you want them. Right. So, uh, so it's, it's one nothing after the first, this game and the second period starts and it's just, uh, or no, wait, is it one nothing? No, no. After the first, let me take the, take a look at the, uh, yeah, it was one nothing after one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Caps, look, hey, we're doing good. We're doing good. Bruce Boudreaux, baby baby face Bruce, he's back in the building. Um, you know, motherfucking everybody. I love it. Uh, he's really turned that Canucks team around. And, you know, I, I just, I love Bruce Boudreaux. But uh, he's having a having a great year and, and finally getting back in the head coach position, which he totally deserves. Um Comes out into the second and just fucking puts us right in our fit on our place. Uh, <clears throat> second period, just bad for the Caps. Uh, Canucks scored three uh, or scored three, two power play goals and one even strength. The second goal was pretty soft, I would say. Sammy let that in behind GLE, man, like behind the goal. He's just off his angle. I mean, it was a fast developing play, but. And, and, you know, I'll just say it. I didn't like his game the entire game. He is, he's like come back to that like happy feet syndrome where he's just flopping around the crease like a, like a fish out of water. And he really just looks out of his element and uncomfortable. I've, <clears throat> I do not believe between Vitek Vanacek and Samsonov that the more technically sound goaltender is Samsonov here. What do you think, Polly? No, yeah, I, I think that Samsonov completely relies on his athleticism, um, where Vitek is, you know, like more of a student of the position. So, I mean, I think Sammy wows us with his saves, but then, you know, I think Vitek would have probably been in better position in this situation because he is more technically sound. And when you look at why do the like these highlight saves that goaltenders have to make and who is it i think jonathan quick did a um players tribune article like a two three part series about like goalies and and how he hates the the moniker of athletic goalie which he has been described as throughout his career from day 1 uh because all goalies are athletes 
incredible athletes, flexibility, strength, and and skill, and just the amount of body control that goes into playing that position is insane. Um, you know, people wouldn't think that it's uh, – since they're not moving around, you know, people wouldn't think that it's something that's like, I guess, incredibly physically strenuous. But if you play hockey, just do yourself a favor, strap on the pads for a practice at your team or wherever, stick time, and just go out there and just like face some shots and just see how ridiculous it is to uh, play that position and how – fucking terrible it is to just fall down and get up back up continuously as fast as you can um they say that that's one of the most uh falling down is one of the most like both physically and mentally disheartening and and energy taxing things that a human can do like falling down that's just is is terrible for us right we we're bipedal uh beings if we fall down you know just, you know, do yourself a favor. Go out on some ice in, in front of a big crowd and fall down where everyone can see you. Nobody's going to be like, oh, that's pretty normal. They're all going to fucking laugh at you, you idiot, because you fell down in front of everyone. Uh, and then picking yourself back up is like second on that list as to like how how hard physically that is uh, to pick, your, pick yourself up off of the ground, much less the ice, which is, you know, of course, very slippery. Um <clears throat> It'll give you a new appreciation for the for the position, that's for sure, and for hockey in general. Um, but I feel like Samsonov is he's like channeling Hashik, but he's not that good. How many times did you see him lose his fucking stick today? Yeah, uh, I mean that's that's a pretty good pretty good way to put it. Uh, he definitely has a lot of improving to do before he could be compared to Hashik without the caveat. Yeah. And, and what I was, I think I just remembered the point that I was trying to go on after the whole rant about like falling down. Um, <laughs> uh, the, this, uh, the, the reason that goalies make these athletic 10 bells, amazing, incredible saves is because they were beat. They did not play the angle right. They had to like scramble to get over to not get that in the body and trap it down. You know, any of these like windmill saves or these like paddle saves by goalies, while they're amazing and necessary at certain times, the point is, is that the reason that they're doing that is they're in desperation mode and have come up on the, on the other end of it, right? They've come out clean, but they were desperate. They were out of position. They were beat by the shooter and by the team that was shooting on them. That happens a lot for Sammy. Right. <laughs> it seems like it. He just plays so aggressively. And oftentimes I feel that he plays way too aggressively for the size that he takes up on the net. Um, and I don't understand. I mean, he's running into his own players out there sometimes. You know, he'll come out so aggressively that he's basically cutting from behind the, uh, the uh, like our, our own defenders. You know, he's making the save, going down to the butterfly, and it's tripping up our own defenders. I I don't like it. I I mean I understand the need to make yourself big, but woof. I I don't know. And and again, he's a young player, right? He's a young player. We're gonna give cut cut him a break. Uh, but for a win now, it it's a tough situation. And it's it's when you have a three way battle. You know I don't. I'm not counting Fukale out of this. Uh, but if you have a three way battle between Vitek, Samsonov, and Fukale, 
I think that both goaltenders are Fukale and Vitek Vanacek are both much more technically sound than Samsonov. Would you agree? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I do agree with that. And, uh, you know, maybe Samsonov is playing himself out. I don't know. We'll have to see if he can regroup and, and maybe all these extra practice days could really benefit him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So, you know, like we said, the second in, in today's game for the Canucks was, was ugly for the 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 Nucks put up three on us. Going into the third, though, we get some life. St. Thomas again makes it three to two on on a and it's a power play goal. That's two power play goals this game, right? Yeah, and, and uh, you know he did it from from the bumper spot. Yeah, you because know, uh, Oshi was he got hurt yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, you know Wilson scoring from the bumper spot maybe. Maybe the Caps should uh, try to hit that a little more often. You know, and amazing how Ovi scores a goal and that opens the bumper spot up. So, you know, maybe they can learn from this. You know, we score from one spot. It opens up another spot. Let's let's uh, keep spreading it around. Like Max Manning said, maybe not spend so much time trying to feed Ovi and spread the, the puck around a little bit. And then that'll open things up for Ovi later on. Absolutely. Um, I... Yes, I agree. You know, having a single one trick ponies are tough. And that's why when we don't have one trick ponies, when we have shooting threats from the bumper spot, when you have Ovechkin, we have John Carlson from the point, and then we have, you know, Kuznetsov and Backstrom on the, on the half wall to dish and even be a scoring threat there. Teams have to take notice of that. And then that's where you, that's where you become a deadly power player. We obviously haven't had that. Um, side note, Blaine Forsyth was not on the bench this season, this, this game. Um, I think he's in COVID protocol. So, uh, I don't know. I'm just, it's neither here nor there, but it is a bit of a pile on, on, on the, uh, Blaine Forsyth train of maybe it's just not the players and maybe it's trying to bang your head against the wall too many times. Uh, who knows? I'm, I'm not comfortable with saying either or what I am comfortable with saying is that there definitely needs to be some sort of like change at this point, I think. Um, and it doesn't have to be major changes. Like you said, Polly, like feed the bumper a little bit more. Uh, did you see the difference in power plays between the Canucks and the, and the caps? Um, well, I didn't watch the game until the third period. Okay. So, okay. I actually didn't see the the second period onslaught. So the Canucks do a really good job of shrinking the playable area. Now it's high risk, but they they hem you in to the box, the defenders into that four man box, and then they try to do as much as they can to shrink the area. So, you know, Bo Horvat or, or whoever is playing the point ends up, you know, a little bit higher in the bumper spot, but his defenseman that's supposed to be backing him up is probably like five, six, seven feet inside the blue line when they start whipping it around. And the reason that they can do that is because they move the puck so quickly and efficiently, right? So somebody has the puck and it's it's like one, two, pass, one, two, pass, one, two, pass. They, they hold it for one or two seconds and then they get rid of it. And that <clears throat> is 
meant to kind of lull the penalty killers to sleep, but also keep them on their toes because if if the puck's getting whipped around on you and you're in the penalty kill, that's like the worst thing you want to see. What you want to see is what the Caps do. Hold the fucking puck so that you can get your... Uh, you can cut down all the lanes and angles uh, just by occupying space. And that's the name of the game of power, of penalty killing, is being in right in the proper position to take away as many options as possible. And I know that sounds like very cliche, but uh, it makes sense to me as someone who's played, and I'm sure it makes sense to you, right, Polly? Maybe you can elaborate. Yeah, I mean, when one of the hardest things in, in the penalty kill is chasing the puck around. Right. So, I mean, that's that's where openings happen. That's where you find guys not being covered because you're watching the puck and then someone disappears. So if the Caps did a little more of that, that OV sneaking down low might work more often. Yeah, and I mean, I saw like pretty large-scale rotations from the Canucks as well. And we've seen this on like a lot of younger teams are doing this. Teams that have uh, young flight of foot personnel well they'll rotate the entire thing so like the so basically what that would look like for us as caps fans is that john carlson gets the puck and wheels it holds it all the way to the left point ovechkin sweeps around to like basically behind the net or in that corner kuznetsov cycles up to the to the um top point position Bumper stays the same, and then Backstrom or whoever's like below goal line comes to half boards. But this all happens simultaneously, right? While John Carlson is the focal point with the puck. And then they start passing it around. Then they do like a, a revolution of the entire puck around the perimeter. And maybe the rotation goes the other way, or somebody sends a cut, or whatever happens. Uh, maybe like a two game, two man game happens, or uh, a weave starts to formulate like whatever that may be high or low weave or, or weird cycle. But <clears throat> it definitely, because on the PK PK penalty killers in the NHL are taught to, you know, they want to pressure, but the, if you overextend yourself and you get beat, it now becomes like a, an easy four on three. It was what, you know, you call in lacrosse a slow break. Uh, and those type of situations where you have a momentary, uh, you know, the, the, four people that are closest to the net, if you outnumber them like three to one, uh, then you're good, right? I mean, that's that's a scoring opportunity in my eyes, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you want to take as many of their guys out of the play as possible and find space. <clears throat> I mean, Absolutely. That's, that's what it would do. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> all right, I'm just, I'm ranting at this point, I think, too much. Uh <laughs> the Caps did yeah, we've been push talking forever. Let's wrap it up. I know the the Caps have pushed, um, have made a push, but I think that then the Canucks really just outworked us. the The last five minutes were infuriating to me to get beat out twice on icing on an empty net. That's just poor. That's that's just a bed shitting to me. Uh, I don't like that. That's terrible effort, uh, and. The last one was more excusable than the first one, but the the first one was just like, what the what is going on? I get that they maybe got a little puck luck. The puck got found on their stick, and then they launched it out, and we had they had some wheels to beat us down, but <clears throat> unacceptable. Um, 
Caps are now 3-3-2 and versus the Pacific Division this season, which is wild to me because that's, I think, one of the weaker divisions in hockey. Uh, if we do get to a situation in the playoffs where we have to play them, that would only be in the Stanley Cup Final. We better hope our shit's all in one pile by that time. Yeah, I mean, they've really been the probably the worst division since the last Kings Cup. So it's been, what, seven to ten years Mm-hmm. Um, so it, this is really, these are games that the Caps should be winning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at a Canucks team that thinks that they might be able to make the playoffs, but that's about it. Um, <clears throat> I don't think, I think that you're really, um, delusional if you're thinking that the Vancouver Canucks are a serious contender in the Stanley Cup this year. Especially. Yeah, I, mean, I think they're hot right now. They're riding the the new coach. They're young, but I don't see even if they make the playoffs. I don't think they'd make it out of the second round. Yeah, they currently have thirty seven points. That's five points out of the last wild card spot that's occupied by San Jose. I just don't see it. Uh, but who knows? You know, you've seen see what the Penguins can do with a ten game winning streak. But I just, again, I don't think that the Canucks can really string those together. Uh, I'm glad for Bruce Boudreaux getting that opportunity to be a head coach. And obviously uh, the new person yelling at all the boys has really turned around for the Canucks, but uh, is a bad beat for the Capitals. I think that we were, we were outclassed only in effort, <laughs> effort yeah. and execution. We also had a couple breakaways. I mean, um, let's, let's give a little bit of credit to the Canucks goaltending as well. Thatcher Dimko has our fucking number. I don't know where he got it from, but he, there was nothing getting past him. Uh, everything that we did get past him had to be, you know, on a man up situation where we're there outnumbered in a, in a quick one time play. So really good game by him. A guy who really came out and I mean, this is a guy that has been on that team for a while. Um, he's been in the NHL as a backup, but finally got his shot and is another example of how some goaltenders age like fine wine. Yeah, I mean, I, he was definitely their MVP today. Um, I think the the Caps lost to a good goaltender and a hungry team. You know, the, they, they're skating hard, and that's that's what happened with those icings. I really just feel like the, the Canucks were hungrier for the puck, they were hungrier for the win, and um, I think with the even with all the skill and experience the Capitals have to make up for their, their aging core, they're going to need to get more hungry. Otherwise they're going to lose those battles like that. Yeah. And I'm sure that the, uh, the boys wanted to get one for Gabby. Oh yeah. You know, so good on them. Bad on the caps. Caps went one in two this week. Uh, no overtime points were were had, an absolute ass kicking by the Bruins, and then losing to what I would consider a far inferior team in the Canucks. Uh, two OV goals though, separate games, so that's that's definitely a win in some ways, right? Yeah, you know, um, I was right on the goals. You said three, I said two, uh, and we were both wrong. You said three o three and o, and I said two o and one. Yeah, I was the we were the exact opposite. I, my pick for wins, um, you know, and 
Ovi is officially tied with Dreisaitl for the lead league in goals and points. I think it's 54 points, 26 goals. Crazy. And a nice little nugget here. Ovi has scored 153 against three against 153 goalies in his career. There have been 6,684 skaters in the NA, in NHL history that have scored 153 or fewer goals in their career. <laughs> so he's piling bodies, goalie bodies, on top of your goal totals. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> you, you, you've scored 153 goals. That's cute. I've scored one goal against 153 different guys. <laughs> Oh, man. <clears throat> um, takeaways, I mean, again, power play still sucks. It only was successful against Vancouver. Again, doesn't see they don't see us often, so it makes sense. And um, goaltending and team defense need to be better now. I mean, I think that we've – Max pointed this out uh, in his comment. Goaltending <clears throat> is – just inconsistent. You know, if we can get the best out of Fukali, the best out of Vanacek, and the best out of Samsonov and condense it into one goaltender, we'd probably be world beaters. I did not like Samsonov's game. I think that he sits next game, and I think that Vitek goes back in. I think that if Samsonov can string together a couple more games that are mediocre to subpar, he's going to get sat on the taxi squad for Fukali. I think Fukali deserves another shot. Um, you know, a short leash shot. So you get one game, <clears throat> you kill it. You sit a game for VTech, then you get another game, you kill it. Then you know, after the third time of killing it, then Samsonov. I mean, enjoy the taxi squad, bud. I think that VTech is the better goalie, and I know Polly that you love VTech. So, so what's your prognosis on that? Well, I mean, I think that's a pretty good prediction if if, uh, Fucale comes up and you know proves that that uh, that domination that he received was just a one-off and he can be consistent and if Sammy keeps not looking good I I mean it it doesn't really matter you know what they've thought about you in the past it's about how you're performing so if if Fucale gets another chance and he proves himself I, I think we could see Vitek Fucale until one of them proved there. Right. <clears throat> and while I while I like the competition three ways better than two, because uh, I like goalie competition anyways internally, well, do you think that the Capitals are shopping a, a cheap goaltender that's a veteran presence and are willing to give up a first-round pick from next year for it? I think... I, I I mean I would believe that they're open to the possibility if the right um, if the right guy at the right price comes along. I don't see why they would be too worried about a draft pick because all signs point to a playoff effort this year. So you're at very best picking what seventeenth. Uh, right. So I mean that's still a pretty good pick, but you know if, if it's at best seventeenth pick or possibly all the way at 32, giving that up for the chance that a goalie that you think could take you to the cup. I mean, I, I think that's a that's a move you make every time, especially with the core that's still on the roster. So the Capitals, the Metropolitan Division right now, 
is led by the New York Rangers at 54 points, Carolina with 52, the Caps at 51, and then the first wild card spot is occupied by Pittsburgh with 49 points, and the Bruins have have recently just been on a tear and are at 46 points. Uh, all of those teams, you know, we're, we're pretty neck and neck on goal differential with all of those teams, except Carolina, who's blown it out at a plus 39, where we're sitting at a plus 21. Uh, Pittsburgh, unfortunately, sitting at a plus 23, so I would trend them upwards. They're going to be giving us a shot for the fucking third, you know, what a difference a month makes, right? They're going to be, they're going to be challenging us for that third spot. Uh, in the Metropolitan, while they are currently occupying, like I said, that first wildcard spot, it's fucking bullshit. I fucking hate Pittsburgh, and this has been a, just a bad stretch for the Capitals. They need to turn it around right now. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, I don't even know if it's team defense. I think it's just, like, want. You know, these guys need to, like, get on the pucks. They need to they need to win board battles. They need to get be there first to lose pucks. They say that the team who wins loose puck battles the majority of the time ends up winning the winning the game more often than not. Uh, I've never seen any stats for this, but I do know that that's what all my hockey coaches told me th- growing up, uh, and I believe it. Uh, I was actually listening to shout out Carl Alsner, uh, his his new um, All's Caps podcast with Steve Wino, and they were pitching around. You know, they Alsner said the big thing was. When you have all these guys full of piss and vinegar, they're ready to like prove themselves. They're just gonna skate their dicks off just to like get a get a shot at staying in this lineup when somebody's injured. And I think that we experienced a lot of that and then had our overarching talent really kind of you know push us to the push us to many wins, right? The problem now is that when guys are coming back into the lineup, people are like, Oh, this is a lock, you know, I'm sure. Right, I mean a matinee, you know, even though it's a matinee, it's it's Vancouver. They're a, an inferior team. Let's give they gave them too many benefits of the doubt, and we had a we had we have our lineup somewhat healthy-ish, right? I I don't know. I I just you know Backstrom's back. You've got John Carls or no JC was out right this game because yeah. Schultz assisted uh, Ovi's Ovi's power play goal, but you know. Is it fatigue? I mean, who knows what it is, but I think that when you start getting guys back, there is a lull. Yeah. I mean, there's there's going to be <clears> – <throat> there's always adjustment periods when, when guys are changing in and out. And I think, like we saw with Vancouver today, when we've got our younger guys in, you know, the guys are hungry to, to win, hungry to prove they can play. And I think as we get the veterans back, it is a little more likely to take games like today – lightly so hopefully um hopefully they wake up out of that even though they're veterans been there done that hopefully they don't come in too cocky to games or nonchalant because you know that's you lose um you know losing games that you think you should win catches up to you oh yeah absolutely absolutely i mean it was no four-point swing this game, but it was still a valuable two points that we missed out on. Um, <clears throat> so, last question around goaltending, and we'll move on to our predictions, Polly. Should we bring back 
is Braden Holtby that guy? Um, I don't think he's like the missing piece to a cup victory. Um, but I don't think he would make us worse. Fair enough. I tend to agree. What about you? No, I agree. I, I think the problem, okay, we're leveraging the future. I don't, I don't really much care about the future at this point. You know, let's, let's make the Ovechkin years the um, brightly shining light. But it, if we bring back Holtby, the fan in me would be overjoyed. But objectively looking at it, Braden Holtby likely does not get many starts and it would be a rental. Right. He probably gets minimal starts, but he's there. And what you're paying for and whatever we pay him is going to be mostly peace of mind for the boys, right? VTech may be the starter and come playoffs, but they know if we fuck up a game, you know, boom, everybody's on a short leash. We can go right to Braden Holpe, who is the man and a DC hero. I, I, and again, without knowing any of the numbers, I don't think like what the offer is for the trade or anything like that. I have no idea what's going to be going on, but I think more and more I am leaning towards maybe goaltending is something that the Capitals are shopping for. I think that Brian McClellan is not the type of GM to just completely shut down any offer. You know, he's going to consider almost anything. Um, but I, I, the more I think about it, the more I think that he may be trying – if he can net – okay, okay, okay. All right, so I just thought about this. But <laughs> think about this. Oh, man, and this is this is – Kind of earth-shattering. Samsonov for Klingberg and Holtby straight up. That would be nice. Both players are rentals that we're getting. And we're losing Samsonov. But I feel like that is the magnitude of a play that would get us both a defenseman and a goalie, right? So, of course, Brian McClellan for years has been the guy that go and get that defenseman at the trade deadline, right? That's like Typical cap shit, right? And I just don't know whether he's going to be, you know, I, I want to, if, if he can do both in the limited cap space that we have, knowing that we may get Anthony Mantha back during the playoffs where cap doesn't matter, what happens there? I mean, Dallas is selling, I think, at the, at the deadline. Klingberg has asked for a trade. Holpe is just Holpe. You know, he's being Holpe. He had a decent, he had an okay season this year. He didn't get a lot of starts. He didn't get a lot of playing time. Um, do, do we, we don't, we don't make Holpe the starter when he comes back, but he's back in DC. And I think the bigger piece would be Jonathan Klingberg. So what are we willing to give up for Klingberg, Holpe rentals now? Uh, I don't know. Samsonov and uh, maybe a fourth liner. <laughs> I don't want to uh, give up anybody young. I know, right? So think about this. Maybe it's not a goalie. Maybe it's 
Um, because we would have to move a piece, though, from our active lineup to fit both those guys in, I believe. Holtby comes with a very big price tag, and Klingberg is, is going to look for a lot of money next year. Um, you know, so we're pretty much going to have to clear, like, a third line and a cheap second liner out of the cap to get it out of there. Um, I mean, uh, first round, a first round pick for each of them plus a prospect and they retain salary. I mean, I'd be okay with that. I would too. And I think that's, I mean, Klingberg's only making 1.9 million a year. Um, from what I understand, let me double check. Uh, no, I'm sorry. 4.25. His, that was his first, his first, uh, contract, but he's making 4.25, right? I, and the thing with Jonathan Klingberg is I don't really know if he's going to, he's not a shutdown guy. He's more of an offensive defenseman. But at 4.25 plus Holpe's salary, which I think is around 5. No, I'm sorry. It's 2. So 6 million is what we'd have to clear. We're, we've got 1 in cap space, so we'd have to get rid of 5 million in cap to fit these guys in. A defenseman like Faviari going out would be rough. And I think nightmare situation is a player like Orlov getting shipped. But I think numbers-wise, Orlov is probably a target for yeah, Dallas. I, I mean, I wouldn't want to give up Orlov for Klingberg. I wouldn't either, especially because he's a rental. And then he's going to want like $7 million next year. Yeah. I mean, if it's going to take moving someone like Orlov, I don't want it. Yeah. And I agree. I totally agree. Um, but... <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So there's another thing. Klingberg for Schultz. Because he would technically be that guy. He would be slotting in as like the number two offensive defenseman on the lineup. Which I think is yeah, Schultz. Yeah, I mean I'd be I'd be more okay with that. I think Schultz is good, but he's not a game breaker. Yeah, and honestly, I think that probably Schultz should get more power play time, but you know, that's a discussion for another podcast. Um so there are options. I mean, the, the Caps do have options, but to get a defenseman and a goalie at the deadline, just expect to lose a player you like. That's Or leverage the future majorly. Would you yeah, agree, Bob? None of that sounds fun. I know. I know, I know. But, you know, if, it's, if it nets us a cup, I'm down. Yeah, yeah. I, if getting Ovi and Backstrom another cup, you're gonna have to break some eggs to get that omelet. Right. All right. We've droned on long enough. There's been a lot we covered, but there's some needs that the Caps might need to fill. So you know, let us know in the comments like what you think, Caps fans. Next week's games: the 18th against the Jets, the 20th against Boston, the 22nd versus the Sens. This is a very consistent week that we're going to have to go to go go um 
or have, go out and have. It's a home away home series this next week. I think we're going to fuck it up and we're not going to win a single game next week. But All we right. will have two OV goals. Well, I also have two OV goals and I think we'll get two and one. Okay. Good. Um, I'm putting 0-3 out on paper primarily because I just want to like get this I've been very high on the caps on all my predictions basically every year, every week I've never had them in a losing record over the week uh, and for the most part they haven't had a losing record over a week span um, but I, I I think that basically my predictions have been have been the reason that the capitals are losing so um I'll take full blame, and I'm going to reverse my prediction and make it an offer. Well, hopefully you're wrong. It's going to get worse before it gets better, right? That's what they say. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. All right, Caps fans, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for uh, listening to this long one. I think we had a lot of like good stuff to talk about, though. Uh, or maybe not. You know, you'd be the judge of that. But if you could... Check out our podcast and where on whatever platform that you uh, listen to us and rate us five stars only. Five stars only. And until Thursday, have a great week. Hockey Troll, Poly Cupcakes, signing out. Bye. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at Hockey Podnet on social and the Hockey Podcast Network.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.